This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Todd Olson. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Pendo, a product experience platform that helps product managers deliver successful products. Before Pendo, Todd served as VP of products at Rally Software Development, which he led through its public Offering. He joined Rally via its acquisition of Six Sense, a company he founded and served as president and CTO of. All right, Todd, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right, good to see you again, man. You were on about, let's see, about 12 months ago now, and uh, you were killing it. 76 employees, 31 million in funding. I think you were doing about 400 grand per month at the time. Where's everything today? How's it going? It's going well. Well, we're 163 employees today. Um, we've raised now $45 million, no, 56 actually in total. Um, you just forgot about a 10. Uh, and then, uh, revenue, what did I say we're doing? About 12 months ago, you were at about 400 grand a month. Yeah. That's what you said. I think, I think that's what you said, at least on the show is about 400 grand a month. Yes. So we're, we're nearly triple that. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. So let me just go back. I'm going to, I'll go here and repeat some of these numbers. So it's 3.8 million bucks in total revenue in 2016, 400 grand a month, they're recurring revenue, about 200 customers at a $2,000 average revenue per user per month. Uh, most of those, it sounds like probably increased. Yeah. Yeah. We're well over 400 customers. Our average revenue per customers increased significantly since then as, as well. Kind of move up market, selling uh-huh. larger deals to larger companies. But uh, yeah, well over 400 customers now. That's great. So just to be clear, you're you're three times the 400 grand per month. Uh, you said, sorry, I, I misheard you. You're, you're over 400 customers now. Yep. 400 customers, about 1.2 million bucks a month in uh, monthly recurring revenue. Again, that puts each customer paying you about 30 grand a month. So you've really gone. You've really gone up market. We have. We what, have. So, talk me through that transition. Um. Well, one, it's been intentional, right? So, you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to kind of decide what kind of company you want to create. And I think we always saw huge opportunities to to sell to larger and larger businesses. So this year, we've, we've kind of added in an enterprise group that's a layer on top of our commercial sales group. Um, and we've been focused on larger transactions. So now if you look at our top 20 customers, it's all north of $100,000 in ARR and above. Right. And, and that's complete change from a year ago this time where we probably had two or three. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just I want to make sure, Todd, I got these numbers right. So, I mean, you went from a three thousand dollar a month plan from about 200 customers up to just to be clear, you went up to almost 30 grand a month. If 400 customers now make up your one point two million a month in revenue. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we were probably a little higher than three last last time. But okay. uh, yeah, your numbers are 
you're tracking the right ballparks. You got it. That's fa- okay. So this is really interesting. I because I, I, I don't have the opportunity to dive into this kind this kind of strategy every you know very often. I mean, how do you take a customer base that's averaging you know a, we'll call it a little north of three grand a month and drive revenue up per 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 account that much? I mean, do you have an insights playbook that just drove expansion revenue like crazy around some utility metric? I mean. We definitely focus a lot. So part of our growth model is to grow based on our customers growing. So some of it's our customers growing organically. Some of it's adding new features and capabilities. So we continue to add more and more capabilities on top of our platform. Um, that's a big part of our playbook. And then we also expand across product lines as well. So you know, if we're if we let's say you know, one of our our you know, part of our sales motion is look, let's not stress out too much about the land. Let's get our foot in the door. So we were. We were landing at really large customers, pretty small deals, right? Um, and then it's about continuing to service them, show them a lot of value, prove the ROI, and then we moved to maybe the larger product line within the business. So um, all of it's been willing to take smaller deals at big companies, which has led to a lot of this, um, lot of this expansion. So yeah, expansion is a huge part of what we do. We still carry a very high net retention rate. Which is what? Uh, north of 150 so, um, and that's a revenue, like that's revenue. In other words, your churn, you know, your gross, well, we'll say your churned revenue plus your expansion revenue, you're still growing 50% on average. You got it. You got it. It's so impressive. If we sign a dollar today, then we know that in a year, generally that'll be worth a dollar 50, all else being equal. Yep. Which is comfortable. Which is why you've been able to raise money probably fairly easy, right? It helps when they're, they're money raising when you have those kinds of metrics. It does, yeah. Yep. Now, has anything changed in terms of acquisition costs? What are you spending these days to acquire customers? I mean, I think overall the acquisition costs remain about the same. So we we model um, the same numbers for our CAC looking forward. I mean, you know, we're we're a little expensive there. I think you know. Um, but that's because we're selling to larger customers and we also have a new category. So we're, we're doing a little more market creation than some businesses that are in a well-defined category and it's all about execution. Ours is a little more evangelical. So, um, you know, I think we're okay there. We're not great, but you know, we, I think we'll, we'll, we'll continue to improve it in the future. Okay. Got it. And I just, I Todd, I realized I made a really embarrassing math mistake earlier because I try and do too much in my head. You drove ARPUs from about two grand per customer up to three grand per no- customer, not 30 grand per customer per month. Correct. Oh, you're, yeah, you're doing monthly numbers. So that, yeah, numbers, that was that my was fault. My yearly numbers. So um, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go back to any listeners because I know you guys love math. You're private equity people, VCs. You come down my throat on Twitter when I get a number wrong. It's it, it, You still drove expansion, but not from two grand to 30 grand a month, from two to three grand a month. Three grand times 400 customers is where you get your 1.2 million bucks in MRR. You're being more aggressive on CAC now. I'm curious how aggressively you're pushing this. Uh, how many months are you willing to wait to get your payback? More than 12. I mean, that's still pretty healthy. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it. We should be under twelve, um, but I, I think I think uh, a little bit more than twelve is fine for the stage. Growing in our growth rates, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, that that that, that CAC's totally fine. That, that's that's below some folks that are you know that I know who've well not that are not as good as shoes as you are. So, real quick for people, I just realized we didn't do this for people that have not listened to the first interview. Give us a little ad for the product, real quick. So, so what do you actually help folks do? We help improve the experience of their product. So we install into software applications. We capture all the behavior, what's happening in it. And then we provide them insights back on what people are doing and not doing in their product. And then complement that with the ability to communicate with those 
users an app to get them value out of it. So we help companies with onboarding, a new feature adoption, um, even things like measuring their net promoter score uh, and then improving the net promoter score. So those are all kind of the primary use cases. You're like, Todd, part of this, and I hate to bucket you or generalize, so don't, uh, but like Hotjar is growing so fast right now and they do so, they kind of touch some of this stuff. Intercom, you could argue, is onboarding as well. I mean, you're generally in kind of like this onboarding, user feedback, use the feedback in a way that actually gets good recommendations to then edit the software. You're very much in that space. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say... I mean, hot jogs must more website shopping cart conversion than say we're more on the enterprise side, making enterprise applications better to experience. But yeah, we're generally speaking in a similar space. Tell me, can you tell me one of those stories, a large enterprise customer using you, something you showed them they could improve that they improved and then saw X amount of lift? Yeah, I mean, I think the net promoter score example is such a great one because people have taken these surveys, you know, how likely would you be to recommend this software? So it's a measure of loyalty. So we've um, been working with a variety of customers. I mean, one of the more interesting ones, uh, Henry Shine, they're um, a Fortune 500 company. They do dental supplies, a number of healthcare products. But um, we've actually, one, improved the responsive rate for their net promoter score surveys so that we've increased it by you know, probably three to four times, um, but then also helped them improve their score. So they were able to diagnose which roles when they're were least loyal, target those folks with messaging an app to educate them on areas where they could take advantage of and then increase their score subsequently. So, I mean, my perspective, if you can increase, if we could help our customers increase their loyalty, that's just helping them increase their retention as well. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings, okay? I do them back-to-back, very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen, okay? So I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not gonna stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Back in episode 972, we had Nancy Hamon, who runs WebPT after Bessemer invested and paid off early shareholders in a secondary offering. And the company is now doing over 40 million bucks in ARR. Uh, you, she obviously shared that on the show. That's all public. Uh, they use you. How do they use you? Yeah, I mean, they, they use us to actually they're one of our case studies. So <laughs> it's, it's published online how WebPT uses us, but um, increasing feature adoption. Uh, you know, they, they have, I mean, they have a really sophisticated applications. It's, they are the system of record for physical therapists to come in. It's been day in, day out. So a big part of what we do is help educate those physical therapists, how to make sure they get full use out of the platform that they're paying for. Yeah. So, um, we also reduce, I think we, for them, we also report, I forget the exact statistics, but we reduce support requests as well. So if we can help 
educate people in app, it's going to reduce the capacity that's needed in support to deal with issues that are coming up. Yeah. Todd, I was trying to give you a softball for you to just slam, but I mean, I will quickly give you credit where credit's due. Like Bradley at WebPT uses Pendo. They were basically, when they launched new features at WebPT, would ask clinics if the new features were valuable or not. They used before Pendo would get a seven to eight percent response rate. After Pendo was installed, they got 50% plus response rate. So that gives you guys an idea of really what Pendo's doing. It basically, if you only have a thousand users, you want to maximize the amount of feedback you can get from those users, especially if your cohort is small. Now WebPT has a huge cohort, but that's why Pendo's growing so quickly, obviously behind Todd's leadership. So Todd, you mentioned you're, you're going into new categories. You're launching additional products. That helps you kind of go deeper in terms of wallet share across your current customer base. Would you say your general strategy over the next 12 to 24 months is to go deeper in terms of wallet share across your current base or to open up new markets? I mean, obviously, this is a combined approach, right? So uh, I think, you know, I mentioned earlier that part of our reason for increasing our ACB and moving up market, we've added an enterprise channel. So that is a big part of our our goals for the next fiscal year is how do we continue to move into the enterprise? When I say move into the enterprise, it's not just larger businesses, it's different kinds of businesses, financial services, insurance. Um, we have a large opportunity at retail today. Um, so I think you're going to see, you know, you go to our website today, you see a lot of tech companies. Think WebPT, think Coupa, think, um, uh, you know, companies like that. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of more non-tech companies showing up on our website next year. I'm really, really excited about that. That's a huge, um, huge push for us. Um, so that's number one. I mean, yeah, I also think we'll, we'll invest a lot in deepening a lot of the relationships with customers. So one of the things we did last year, which was a very bold move, is we made our first acquisition. So we acquired a company in uh, August of this year that added full native mobile capabilities into our product. And the whole vision here is we were only addressing a portion of some of our customers' portfolio. So now we think it's it's a huge opportunity to help companies optimize the experience across different screens. So the reality is we all, all now consume software across different screens in different ways. You know, when we're uh, away or on the go, we're using the mobile uh, devices for very quick tasks, using the web you know, web screens for, for more long-range tasks. Um, by being on both of these products, we help give customers kind of unique visibility across them, and it can help drive people to the screen that they're best, act to, uh, best apt to satisfy their needs. So we think it's really powerful, um, and it's very, really new for us. So that's going to be one of the big areas that, that we're expanding in, in the next year is kind of bringing in this mobile offering and, you know, and for companies that have both, you know, getting it on both. And hopefully these additional products obviously improve unit economics. What's your what's your gross logo churn at today annually? That's a good question. You know, I, I do not I, measure that. Uh, we have it in board decks, but it's not a one obviously that I've memorized. So <laughs> it's a small number. Um, you know, but you know, I think part of moving up market too is is you do you do incur some logo churn at the low end, right? You know, we, we had a ninety nine dollar a month price point two years ago. We no longer have a ninety nine dollar a month price point. We have seen some churn in that area. You say Average, under ten percent annually. It is under ten percent annually now, um, but there's some acceptable churn that we're, we're we acknowledge that we have to take. You know, I think we have been pretty aggressive there on that number, and that we've tried to keep pretty much everyone. But there is some acceptable churn that you have when you, we are moving up market and realize that um, you know a, a five-person company. You know, our minimum price point now is $18,000 annual. You know, that, that's a lot for a five-person company, right? Yep. So, so they're going to churn. Now, to that, 
we, we've added, um, well, some of it's, uh, you know, what we like to do is not churn these customers, rather move the really small ones to a free offer. So we have a freemium offer, the freemium offer we introduced this year to help handle companies that aren't quite big, big enough to to be on our pro solution, um, but really want to take advantage of our best and breed capabilities. So that's, that's it is a big area. And, and um, so, you know, hopefully for companies that, that can't quite continue to afford us, we'll just, you know, continue using us on our, on our free edition. Hey, Todd, good stuff, man. Let's wrap up here with the famous five uh, quick answers here. Number one, what was the last business book you read? Uh, the Heath Brothers, Power of Moments. Power, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, yeah, I think I said this last time. I still, you know, Nick Meta really enjoy, um, watching what he does. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Slack. Slack. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About six. That's good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? I have children. Yes. Okay. How many? Four. Four. Holy cow. How old are you? I am 42 years old. 40, oh my gosh. You're, okay. You're a busy man. And uh, last question here. Take us back 22 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, you know, I was an entrepreneur back then. Yeah, how much, how fun this is. So uh, it never gets old. So, you know, uh, I still feel as good as I felt back then. So yeah. That's there you guys have it from Todd at Pendo. Entrepreneurship is fun. It was fun back then. It still is fun today. He launched his company uh, back uh, many years ago, now scaling very rapidly. Launched it was 2013, just 12 months ago, doing about 400 grand a month in revenue across 200 customers. Now at almost 400 customers, each paying about three grand a month. So they're about, about at about 1.2 million bucks in monthly recurring revenue. They've also raised additional capital. They're now at about $56 million raised. Again, their team of 166 plus people helping onboarding experiences and just customer feedback experiences in general, especially in enterprise applications, get tighter, get a higher response rate, and just generally be a better experience overall. Todd, thank you so much for taking us to the top. My pleasure.